This is Distributed Conversations. We talk about the frictionless future using blockchain, connecting us to accelerated progress and richer lives. Here's your host, Warren Whitlock. Warren Whitlock here with an interview for the Distributed Conversations podcast. Uh, Today, I've got Jordan Last of PodCrypt.app here, and uh, it's a great idea of making sure that podcasters, large or small, have a way to get tips or kudos or cold hard cash in in some way uh, from the community. And so welcome to the show, Jordan. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. So the big question is, is this something people want? I'd like to get in the heads of the podcast listeners and say they love good podcasts. They want to support them. I've had people tell me, yeah, sure, I'd click on a donate button. But, you know, there's a whole lot of things you could do. What is it that the listeners really want? Because you must have talked to them before building this. That's a really good question. I think it's obvious that podcasting in general has product market fit. There are tons of podcasts. It's a growing space. The podcast creators are providing a ton of value. I've been listening personally for like, I think, 15 years or so. And I've learned so much. So, yeah. the consumption of podcasts is definitely catching on. Now, the question is, will people pay for it, I suppose, right? And will people voluntarily pay for it? And yeah, before building PodCrypt, I really wanted to make sure that I validated the idea so I didn't you know, waste a bunch of time, uh, money, and resources building something that people didn't want. So I've talked to probably a few hundred people on like Twitter DMs or email or a few people in person to you know get their thoughts on whether or not they would donate. And it's still an open question, but I have reason to believe that they will. There's a few reasons for that. One of them being, you can look at other platforms that have this kind of model. So Patreon is a really good example. Patreon seems to be doing very well. There are some podcasts on there that have tens or I think even hundreds of patrons and you know people making lots of money and that's people voluntarily giving donations essentially. And I think they in some cases they you know get the episodes earlier than they would have, but it's still a a voluntary contribution. So there's other platforms out there that are doing this model. Brave is another similar model. Brave is a browser that essentially you can tip websites in proportion to the attention that you give to the website. So you know how much time I'm spending on somebody's website will determine my payout to them. And so you can set that up if you want. And they seem to be doing relatively well there. So uh, they're still relatively early, but it does seem to be growing. So yeah, the competitors are, are similar products. They show that there's promise. And then in my own personal interviews or just discussions with people, some people flat out think it's a bad idea. They're in the minority. I think most people are indifferent slash, oh yeah, that's an interesting idea. And then some people are absolutely, you know, I think that's a great idea. So I think it's And I would imagine the people that listen to podcasts more are more for it where the people that don't listen to too many podcasts are going like, uh, another reason not to bother listening. Probably. Yeah. And some people, yeah, they're like, why would I pay for something that's free? And I think, uh, personally, I want to get away from that kind of mentality where I feel like we should give value for value received. And I don't want it to be 
uh, compulsory. Most of capitalism, if you're buying something from somebody, the person you're buying from is going to set the price. And it's still a voluntary exchange because you accept that cost and you'll pay for it. But I would love to see even more voluntary exchange where essentially the prices are, if I'm receiving value, I determine the value I give back. Great. Oh, man. Uh, That raises another question. But first of all, I want to give you a little bit of ancient history. You may know, but uh, (laughs) I lived it. I was there. (laughs) There was a man, uh, let's see, Robert Metcalf, who's known for Metcalf's Law. And there's a couple others. So I was reading InfoWorld was where the good computing things were in the 80s and 90s. I read actually paper magazines back then. And uh, as email came along, he had the idea of us paying like, you know, a micro cent every time we open an email or use a website. And with that model, it mimics what happens in real mail that people that have commercial interest are willing to pay. And the spammers wouldn't have the, the reason to pay or would have figured out that it's worth whatever penalty they get stuck with and it's handled by the market. So it's a pretty good idea. No one bought it. You know, we have free email to this day. But uh, as a big sender, I find I just got a message this morning saying, we're in danger of going over the quota for the month of August. Fortunately, you know, it came on uh, the morning of August 30th when we're recording this. Um, It's going, oh, great. You know, well, we we go a little bit over, we'll pay the little penalty. But yeah, that's in millions and millions of emails. And we still have to worry about substantial that we have to think we're going to mail. It's not just free. You know, it's not an unlimited account. And that's become more and more present. You know, I had a server and set my own email. I didn't count it as a cost way back in the 90s. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is in 2007, I went to a podcast group, some of the same guys that are now podcast movement, but they had a show for three years and sold it to somebody and were out of the business for a while. But uh, those guys, pioneers, they had, oh gosh, 500 people that were all podcasters. No one wanted to talk about commercialization. A couple of networks were there. A couple of us business type people were stopping by to see what's going on. I mostly went because I happened to be in the right place in the right weekend. I used to live in California and was nearby. And so I go hanging around. I was just amazed. I actually saw a group of people getting training from the guy who was best at making money doing this. I knew him from elsewhere. And I walked into his session and the people were attacking him. You know, well, you've got to go with networks. It's the only way you could ever make any money. And it really left me with the feeling that these guys loved getting together, doing long form talk every day podcasts and uh, not worry about getting paid for it. Uh, and they talked about making money, I think mostly so they could support their habit of buying more equipment. <laughs> so we've come a long way from that. And actually, for a long time after that, I called my podcast a, a radio show. I hosted on Blog Talk Radio, a very easy place to do shows back then. Today, different owners, they've changed things. And before they really started polluting it with ads, really easy. And I would say, I would tell people when I met them that I was a radio show host 
and it was an online radio show, and everybody was cool with that. Basically, it was a podcast. It was an MP3 file of us talking. <laughs> and so, uh, I don't know. I think what you're doing makes sense. And I think when it gets to be non-monetary, that's really cool. What happens when somebody decides they love this podcast and they're able to take the points they've made by playing a game and give some of them to you? And those get exchanged for money or other goods at some time. But it supports a distributed barter type system of us helping each other. Really, you know, I mean, there's still so much barter going on. I'll mow your lawn and you watch my kids. <laughs> you know, that's happening all the time. We denominate a lot of it in dollars and the economists want us to. But we get into the problem of uh, like Gary Vaynerchuk says, what's the ROI of mom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How much would you take for your mother? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It's not economic. The important things are not economic. But the reward system side of it, whether it's paid in very small contributions or whatever, I can see. So my big question about, let's talk a bit about your product. It seems like you got to use the right player to count the minutes of listening. Is that true? So, yes, you have to use the PodCrypt app. So, PodCrypt is just a podcast app like any other, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, it hooks into the iTunes API. and You can you know load up any podcast on iTunes or you can put the RSS feed right in there. So, yeah, right. g- general purpose podcast player. And it has a, a wallet. They're in OPML or some way to import my podcast that I've been listening to someplace else? No, not currently, but I could okay. I could implement that. Not a priority yet, but yeah, it might be. Uh, it would be really cool when I think of future apps, not what you can technically do. If somehow any app I'm using to play, I can put this on the same device and take care of it. But. The beauty of the model that I'm going for, I mean, obviously, I'd love to capture a lot of value and, and create a business that's sustainable for myself. But this model is not unique to PodCrypt. There's no intellectual property or anything that I'm trying to keep to myself. Any podcast who wants to receive donations can put a cryptocurrency address into their description. And then any podcast player that you know wants to parse the address out can then build the features into their app that will allow people to donate in cryptocurrency. I mean, you could also try to do it with traditional payment networks. It might be more complicated, but yeah, the model is is kind of universal. And I do hope that that happens eventually, that essentially every podcast app sees this as you know something awesome, something viable, and they just build it into their players. And then you know we could take massive market share together and help change the industry. I don't think PodCrypt will change the industry single-handedly, I guess is what I'm saying. The idea could change the industry. Yes. Yeah. And I hope you do that. You know, my end of it is I'm wanting to support the idea, uh, putting a, an address in my description. No big deal. Is that address in the description of the show or every episode? It's just the show, the main podcast description. Yeah. Yep. It's a very easy thing to do. So if you see an ugly address in my uh, <laughs> description, you know what it's there for. And then it's automated to where I don't have to make people go do something. If they're using the player, it's already going to be part of it, right? Yep. I mean, the best thing is to tell your audience about it. But after that, in the app, 
you, as a user of the app, you just fund your wallet, set you know an amount that you want to pay out, and set an interval. So personally, I am paying out like every week, you know, to test it out and stuff. And so, if I decide I'm going to put 20 podcasts in there, but I only listen to two, they're the ones that get paid, right? Yeah, if those podcasts have, you know, if they're verified on Podcrypt by putting their address in the description, yeah, you can turn on and off the payments to different podcasts. So if you only want to pay to those two, just disable every other podcast and those two will get the entire distribution. Okay, so it, let's just take the two. I listen to one for 10 minutes, the other one for 10 hours. Do they both get paid the same? No, the 10-hour one will get paid much more. Okay. It's by minutes used, right? Yeah, right now it's just purely by minutes or you know per unit of time. I'm going to build in... The next step will probably be a simple weight. So you can say like, this podcast should be worth twice as much as other podcasts because it's short form and very high quality. I have an example for you of something we've done similar. Our site, free-ebooks.net is uh, the number one result when you type in free ebooks. And it's got you know millions of users, but the monetization there is, can be a little bit weird. You know, you're going there for free. But we found that people will pay for a VIP membership and uh, so they can download more books, you know, because there's a limit. And there's a library and we're going to build something on top of this. But the current model is it's been there. So VIP memberships. So uh, since I got involved, we came up with the bundle and it's, you know, hundreds of sci-fi books or something. And all of them have been sold on Name Your Price. So obviously we could be using this model there and it's just phenomenal to look and see that people are willing to pay to get access to a library of books that they could go find individually on the site. And they're setting their own price and it's all voluntary. That's right. That's very neat. And sometimes, you know, again, we have a large enough audience that when we say, Hey, pay some money to take care of the place. Now, PayPal donate buttons, Patreon, has not worked well for them. They have a global audience. So the actual making those work in every place is some problem. They've tested it years ago. So I think that's in the future. We're building a whole new app for it. But uh, yeah, proof. Yeah. Yesterday, we're making money every day off of people coming in and saying, I want that bundle and I'll pay you extra. Nice. I just wanted to bring up one uh, advantage to using a cryptocurrency-based solution is it's automatically global. So you don't have to worry about all the payment That's true. networks of every different country. I mean, there's issues with uh, sanctions and stuff, but hopefully that will be a minority issue. Yeah, there's a, some issue getting it funded. And that's the other thing is, is when it becomes an option to be able to take some other payment, for instance, a company I advise uh, we've had on my former podcast, hoping to getting back on this one, Phonium, they came up with a mining solution for phones that wasn't about horsepower. They were doing pretty well. And then Apple decided that there were enough scams in that space. They were just not going to allow mining on phone. You know, real mining, the way Bitcoin works, which is burn up the phone. <laughs> but uh, and other people were using, they were pretending. So uh, pivot. These guys have a game and you download the game. And as long as the game is on your open on your phone or you visit it every day, I'm a little murky on the rules, but you do that and you get some kind of, you know, currency. I calculated at the current value of their token, 
because they came out with the ICO winter last year when <laughs> ICO stopped making much money. But the current value of the crypto is not worth very much. But if it goes up, it actually has a cash value. And if it uh, doesn't, it's a lot of fun. And so there are several games now, and they're going to add more. Watch for an episode. Search for it. Hear it. Distributed conversations. <laughs> but uh, and, and the, I want to comment on one more thing you said uh, that I ought to tell my audience to use it. Well, I am. That's why you're on the show. <laughs> but let's get to that point. Tell us, uh, what should a listener do at this point? So if you just go to podcrypt.app in your browser, you can use pod. P-O-D-C-R-Y-P-T. Yep. Dot A-P-P. Dot A-P-P. Podcrypt.app. It works on the desktop. It works on Android. It works on iOS. I'm about to release the beta version. So it's still a little bit early, but it definitely does work generally. And you can fund your wallet and, and you can do payouts. And you can listen to any podcast with this player. Then, any right? podcast. If the podcast is not yet on iTunes... You won't be able to search for it, but you could take the RSS feed URL and you can plug it right in. Okay. So early adopters will have no problem with this, but and it will get more and more to be a consumer version or who knows what pivots and licensing deals you can make as the deal catches on. Maybe you're, you know what, maybe any app in the Play Store or App Store for iOS. Yeah, and be there. I can see though... Uh, Apple having a little problem with an app that uh, is only collecting money in crypto. They'd rather take their percentage. That, so I have no intentions of actually putting the app into the app stores. So I've made it a progressive web app for a reason. So I can kind of maintain sovereignty and, and it's a lot simpler to... Uh, that's, another, that's a whole nother distributed conversation we could have. <laughs> the world's getting more distributed and... Uh, I'm supporting this. It's uh, podcrypt.app. And we've been listening to uh, Jordan Last. And you've been listening to Distributed Conversations. You have been listening to Distributed Conversations with Warren Whitlock. Please share and like. To subscribe, visit distributedconversations.com.